They're coming to get you, Barbara. It's my ass for you guys, and what do I get? You spooky. Fuck you, man. Fuck you all. We've been punished by the Creator. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk here. I am Roger Mortis, and that must mean that you are listening to Zombie Apocalypse. Today, I am joined, as always, by my esteemed ghoulish crew, Professor Plump. Oh. Possessed Lamp. How it do? And Maniac Mondo. Woo! Daddy! So today we are going to take a look at the 2005 George Romero, in my opinion, classic, Land of the Dead. As I said, directed by George Romero, released 2005 with a runtime of an hour and 33 minutes. It grossed roughly $20.4 million at the box office, but has gone on to gross roughly twice that much in the time since. So, crew... It's time to start talking about Land of the Dead. All right, we need to address the elephant in the room, and that is Jeremy's abysmal review. And by Jeremy, I mean Mondo. <laughs> we need to address Mondo's abysmal review of this movie. What What is there to address? What's the matter with you? What what did, what did I say that was so offensive in this review that, that it's been like gnawing at you all day here? Your star rating for one thing, man. Out of five I did not stars, see, I did not see the letterbox. Oh, it's man. not it's not that egregious of a star rating. It's really not. I gave True. it two and two and a half out of True. five. True, two and a half is kind of like on the fence. But the fact that you would be on the fence just perplexes me to no end whenever there are movies that we have talked about that are shit in comparison. Okay. <laughs> every every movie except Maggie that no, no, never mind. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. I'm wrong. <laughs> it's really not that big a deal. Okay, so oh, it is a big deal. And the dead next door were, were better, but the other two we did were were worse. What what I felt watching it, I just I it wasn't bad. It had a lot of action, you, a lot of gore. What cut did you it watch? Had, I'm gonna dissect this like a frog in biology. Un- what cut did you watch? I okay, watched, I watched the unrated director's cut of the film. Word up! I assume that's the version that all of us oh. chose to watch. Yeah. Yes. Okay, well, that's good that we're at Why least all on the same else? page. I was going to watch both and compare and contrast, but I ran out of time. I think it was just extra gore. That's essentially well, there are essentially, but all in all, there's four additional minutes to the film runtime wise. I believe I believe the scene where Cholo um 
walks into that apartment at Fiddler's Green where the guy hangs himself. I think that might just be in the extended cut, actually. I don't remember it. I love that scene, man. I remembered that I scene, though, and I don't know if, if maybe the first time I watched it was the extended cut. So the first so, time that I watched yeah. I was going to say, let's talk about this first, how we get introduced to this movie, because I think that I could speak for all of us here when I say that this, regardless of how you felt about this movie after you watched it, whenever we heard that this movie was coming out, this was something incredibly special because we, I remember when I heard about this, you know, we were all huge fans of Romero zombie movies, and this was going to be the first Romero zombie movie to come out in our lifetime. Because I think, Roger Mortis, you were born two years after Day of the Dead came out, and you're the oldest one here. So it was just a very exciting time to, you know, hey, Romero's making a new zombie movie. Not only that, but they're actually giving him a budget. A studio picked this up. So I, yeah, I mean, yeah. This this is special just for that reason for us. I saw this movie the night it came out. I was at opening night. I was at the first showing in Catanning, Pennsylvania. I remember watching every single detail in um, excruciating detail. This was this was something that to this day I look back on something that's special to me for the exact uh reasons that you stated of course this was uh, this is not only the first romero zombie movie that was released in our lifetimes but it was also the first romero movie in general that i had uh, gotten to see in theaters mm. so it was it was special for a bunch of reasons so i don't know if that maybe reflects on my opinions of this film and why i hold it to such high regard but i have been uh a diehard fan of this movie and defending it for 16, 17 years at this point. And I, I am happy to find that it uh, has at least gained some traction over the years. But when it was released, it was not something that set the world on fire. People really didn't love it. But that's something I wanted to analyze first and foremost, because George Romero himself has gone on record talking about Day of the Dead and how uh, despite that being a uh, a labor of love in one of his favorite movies, when it was released, it was pretty much canned by, by everybody. And that was a movie that over time developed its fan base. And until Land of the Dead came out, Day of the Dead was always my favorite. Like the bleak setting with uh, the very few humans left um, essentially turning on each other and just being at each other's throats, that kind of lives on into this movie. And uh, if, if you wanted to try to psychoanalyze it, there's always the opinion that, you know, the, the bleakness and the dreariness of the plot depicted in that movie and, and this one um, just turned people off when it was released. Over time, people were able to discover it. Um, you see, Land of the Dead has, has this, the zombies evolving, but we've seen that since, since Dawn of the Dead. Um, so it was a slow process and ultimately where he wanted to go with these creatures. And I think Big Daddy uh, deserves a lot of credit 
and you just don't see it. There should be Big Daddy Funko Pop figures. There should be Big Daddy Toonie Terror figures. Um, he should be in in the uh, catalogs next to Bub, and he's just not. And I think that's bullshit. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I I think this movie fell into its place, and whereas people were excited about the original three, this one's like, it's not bad, but it's not. It's got a lot of gore. It's got a lot of um, action, and it has very, you know, it has the heavy-handed social commentary. It's got all the ingredients, but for me, there's just something. It just I wasn't. I didn't hate watching it and I wasn't hating. I didn't hate, I don't hate the movie, but I think it's unexciting. And I don't know why. Maybe it's because it was filmed in 2004, 2005 and it's not an older movie. Certainly it, falls into some green screen effects occur here. They're yeah. easy to point out. They aren't, they I mean, aren't a detriment, but you can see them. No, I will give them credit. The CGI in this movie, they hide it well with practical effects. It's not, there's nothing that I can point to in this movie that I thought was so bad that I needed to be like, oh my God, this shitty effect. I thought all the talking effects of, were, were good and serviceable. Talking about that, um, this movie was filmed in Toronto, if memory serves me correctly. And you wouldn't know that it parts was in Pittsburgh. It. Okay, so some of it was then filmed in Pittsburgh, but. Yeah, those parts that yeah, are mostly just like exterior shots were sh shot in Pittsburgh, but um, it, you know, for never tax noticed. reasons, they yeah, you'd never notice that this wasn't uh completely shot in Pittsburgh. Uh, they I thought they did that well too, as far as their their like CGI imagery goes. But you have an eclectic cast of characters, probably my favorite cast of main characters out of any one of his movies. With okay, that's wrong. You have, that's wrong. I don't think that's yeah. wrong. No, Charlie, the the guy who's like was put out of the fire, he's an yeah, Charlie's character. awesome. The main character guy, he's Riley. Bland. I thought he was bland. He had nothing to Riley's, do for him. Riley's just bland as bland as your opinion. No, dude, Riley, I mean, he's not. Riley's bad. bland on <laughs> purpose, not... though, dude. He's a okay, representation so... of what humanity has but... become. Just fucking bland and yes, dead inside. Yes, he's bland on purpose, but you're agreeing that it's bland. I, I find it. I find any of the other he's not, movies, except he's not for bland, but dead and cookie cutter. He is. He's he's more of the everyman. He's the That's exactly 2005. It. No, he's the 2005 white guy in an action movie that was in every <laughs> fucking movie back then. Except this movie falls he's not, into that. The film he's not ever... style is. Of that era and what movies have become, it's it's like Romero was making a zombie movie, but it it's not. It doesn't feel like a Romero movie to me. It feels like Romero coming back and getting a paycheck, even if he doesn't feel that way. That's what I felt like. And then you Nothing watch about that Rival Dead, and the guy lost it. He fucking lost whatever spark he had after Day of the Dead and Monkey Shines and all those other good movies he did. You're saying Not Monkey Shines is better dead. than this? Yes, Can... Monkey Shines is better than this movie. I, I fully, fully Riley will, is... will ride that. Riley is not once presented as a hero or, or an action star. He's he's just kind of there, 
And just like humanity is surrounded by these zombies, he is surrounded by characters who are way fucking more interesting and cooler than him. He is he is in this world. You have I mean, Chihuahua. Chihuahua. Like the interactions with him and Chihuahua, right? Entertaining. You have his relationship with Charlie, the mentally handicapped guy with a really, really good shot. Uh, there isn't even anything like overtly sexual between him and Asia Argento's character. The, the every hooker. single you have the pest you have the pest uh, uh john leguizamo luigi there he's john leguizamo's character is fucking on point in this dude speaking he's, of he's which cool. speaking of which can we all agree regardless of how you feel about riley or the other characters that land of the dead is an unofficial sequel to super mario brothers with yeah. john leguizamo and dennis hopper reprising <laughs> their roles respectively that's where it was headed. Dennis Hopper was on point. <laughs> Dennis Hopper was on point. He wasn't Waterworld on point, but he was on point as like he a, wasn't what? Blue Velvet on point. He wasn't he wasn't Dennis Hopper on point. He was he played his role fine, but it wasn't that crazy Dennis Hopper role. You know, well, I don't so, think that this character was meant to be crazy Dennis Hopper. Exactly. So you put Dennis Hopper in a role where he's just he's kind of playing a, a tycoon guy, and it was fine. The whole thing's fine and serviceable. I'm not saying that it's bad. Like the main character, me saying he's bland, I'm not saying he's bad. I'm saying that you can put this movie puts all the right ingredients together, but it doesn't have the soul to glue them together to make this one. Of, there's a reason why Big Daddy isn't a pop because nobody gives a shit. Because because like it didn't inspire it, it didn't inspire anybody to be like, wow, that was that was insane. That was that had something to really say. It was like, it was a fucking zombie movie in 2005. Like, no, no, it wasn't yes. a zombie movie in 2000. You're, yes, it was. you are not giving this movie enough credit. The budget hurts this movie because all you can see the money on the screen and all the explosions and gunshots and the sets and stuff, but it lasts. It's not crazy though. There's, there's nothing, there's nothing fucking diehard. No, die but fucking harder. You can see that it's a bigger movie or... than Day of the Dead for sure. It's a bigger movie than Dawn of the Dead. It's a bigger movie than than Night of the Living Dead. But it, but it lacks that. Oh, because it was filmed lacks... on more than two fucking set locations and a and a graveyard in your backyard. Yeah, but it has to be compared to some fucking blockbuster that's hideous to look at. That's what I'm saying. Those movies had less, and they did so much more, and inspired so many more people. With like. Nobody watched Land of the Dead and was like, I want to go make a zombie movie. Ask I did. Literally, like, you can like this movie, but nobody's like, oh my God, this is my Romero movie. Like, I just don't see it. This, this is my Romero movie. Yeah, and you're... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why you picked Maggie and you picked Undead as the first zombie thing. We're, we're seeing a pattern here. Andrew. Oh, no, we're well, not. I picked I, this I, one. Who's Andrew? I'm Roger Mortis, host of uh, Zombie Apocalypse. <laughs> right i i'm not inspired by this movie so i picked zombie and the dead next door i think there's just we have different different tastes of what inspired us this this I actually me. wasn't the one that put this movie on the on the table for this this week either know, me. i'm just saying you know and we have different tastes i think that's wrong i think that's inaccurate to say too um i like I'd like to say one thing to Mondo here real quick. Straight to video trash all time. Mondo. 
I actually, the first time I watched this movie, feel exactly how you feel. Really? Yeah, that's fascinating. So you this this rewatch, you changed your opinion. Not this rewatch, but whenever I first got this on Blu-ray, what a year or two ago, I I really fell in love with this movie in a way that I hadn't been able to appreciate before. So I understand where you're coming from. And I'm here to help you heal. It'll be okay. <laughs> I don't I don't think you're gonna get me to the other side. I think I'm lost on this one. Why don't you it's demonstrate never... some of the points? Bump, what what points? What, what are uh, what are some things that swayed your opinion? Well, for one thing, um, if you look at this as another part of the dead saga, one thing that I really like is how each of the four movies up to this point have dealt with one particular instance of time in the zombie outbreak. So night of the living dead, it just happened. You know, people just started, started to become zombies. Dawn of the dead. People are starting to get afraid because the, zombie outbreak is getting really out of control day of the dead it's gotten to the point where they're not finding many people out in what used to be the civilized world anymore and now it's gotten to the point where there is literally no one out there and all of the people that are left who are living are holed up in this haven this fiddler's green as they call it so I like that this is a natural extension of the evolution of the outbreak itself. I also like how as Romero continued to make these movies, they seemed to get a little more mature in the subject matter while still retaining the, the fun qualities of, you know, a regular zombie movie, you know, night of the living dead was, is, is a remarkable film, but at its core, it's very much uh, a B movie with kind of a sci-fi spin on it because the zombie outbreak it's hinted at is started by the satellite that crashed. It's and, also essentially a shot for shot copy of Richard Matheson's I am legend. There you go. But you can admittedly from Romero himself. <laughs> So you see the stories get a little more mature as he continues to develop as a writer and a filmmaker. And this one, I think, had a lot to say. You know, I think if I had to pick a flaw, it would be that I wish there was more character background and development because I'd love to know more about these characters because because it's so much fun to watch them. You know, particularly take Kaufman. How did Kaufman get to where he is what was he before the zombie outbreak how did he use his power and his influence to make fiddler's green a thing you know how did this riley and cholo main, this is my main yeah. complaint i was i was gonna bring up so i'm glad that you brought it up there are however i, I was have any, about go ahead i'm sorry i was just gonna say there are these these eccentric characters that surround Riley 
and they're all fun to watch and they all have their place in this movie but i wanted to see more of basically everyone in here there's an origin to all of these people that i think is uh, possibly fascinating to see but go ahead i didn't mean to interrupt well no you're fine i was just going to ask has anyone here played the land of the dead video game because apparently it acts as a sort of prelude to the movie I remember the game, but I don't remember playing it. Um, It's called Road to Fiddler's Green. Right. Um, I never played it. I feel like it might have been a first-person game, and those usually turned me off pretty easily. It did not get good reviews, game-wise. It was exclusive to the original Xbox as well in, like, 2000 it would have been so it was like right around when the xbox 360 was launching so well no there's a pc version now it might be something to look into but yeah so and then to build on what plump just said you think 2005 this is the height of bush's america this is rich white people versus everybody else um plot's relatable we live through it uh Cholo, I think, is somebody that deserves to have more recognition in pop culture. I thought, I mean, you reduced him to Luigi, but I feel, I feel Cholo is is up there, um, especially within this realm. I think this movie just does not get the respect that it deserves at all. I, I especially love the part whenever Cholo says to the one zombie, "Trust the fungus." <laughs> I love that you reduced it to that after he just made that. <laughs> All this is, is is a guy who's at the end of his rope that's doing everything he can to try to survive. And he finally thinks he's made it. And it turns out that it's not going to happen. So now he has to take things into his own hands. Uh, you have Dead Reckoning, which is a cool vehicle and something that I thought was uh, cool to introduce to the world. It's not Kinda as reminded cool me of the... as the Landmaster in Damnation Alley. Okay, but we're not talking about that. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, just I know not... that's what you're just saying, but that's not what we're talking about. It's an inferior vehicle. There's no giant scorpions. It's just not not on the level. But continue. Then they get giant scorpions in Pittsburgh, dude. <laughs> it's something you have to you have to take into account. Is all of his movies remain in that area, and now we finally move fully into Pittsburgh uh, with with Big Daddy teaching the zombies to uh, to I, I don't want to use the te- I don't want to say teaching them to evolve, but as he's helping them and progress through their natural evolution, I thought. Something that was cool was as soon as the Allegheny River, you can almost even see like a bit of hesitation coming from Big Daddy himself. Not not quite sure what happened under this water. We've talked about it. We talked about it in the zombie episode. I brought up the uh, zombie survival guide and how it was. Zombies would interact or react or exist under a mass of water. So it's another, it's another 
that, that has jumped from episode to episode of Zombie Apocalypse that I'm honestly fascinated by. And so all these zombies followed him. They just walked at the bottom. They come out on the other side. They come out all slow, like the fucking scene from uh, Apocalypse Now. And um, I think just the world that he built is so fun and fascinating. You have just just crime-ridden dregs of society. You have zombie fights and cages and throwing I believe Roger Mortis has turned into a robot. So, uh. <laughs> so let me take this opportunity then to ask you guys, Lamp and Mondo, how did the underwater sequence, well, I mean, we don't see them underwater, but how did that scene where they go into the water sit with you guys? Because that was kind of a controversial thing. Was it a controversial thing for people? Was it? I, yeah, I mean, I. I see in a lot of people's reviews and stuff that the the fact that the zombies go underwater is dumb. And so okay. I, I would say that it was controversial in the horror yeah. realm. This is, but dude, what this has been a debate think? forever. But we saw it in we saw a, a zombie in zombie fighting a shark. Right. But that was the we world of zombies. Before. So for them I don't know. What what do they think, think that a zombie shouldn't be able to breathe underwater? Like zombies don't breathe, right? So what what's the problem with them walking underwater? I mean, you have that movie. Was it Oasis of the Zombies, where the zombies come out of the water? If you guys ever saw, one that. would argue. Listen, one would argue that a zombie doesn't doesn't have the mental capability or physical strength to swim against the current, walk against the current. Um. This is this is a debate within the the horror community that has been haunting me because I think it's stupid to add realistic rules to a zombie because zombies aren't real they don't exist so if it's a fictional creature then every movie that chooses to create the fiction with it uh, within their universe is allowed to do so and you often saw the argument that a zombie can't run when they started to run a lot in pop culture but we've fucking seen them run since fucking 70s well just in the romero movies we've established that the zombies especially in land of the dead are evolving and learning what they their limits and what they can and can't do so maybe the reason why zombies never walked in water before was because they didn't know they could Mm -hmm. the zombies in these movies are incredibly strong they can rip open a person's stomach and pull their intestines out with just their i mean if we were going to be realistic what doesn't muscle teth and uh tendon fucking shit just instantly set on the second you die and wouldn't uh rigor mortis be in there i think so they shouldn't they shouldn't even really be able to move after a little bit so there is something that is allowing the the body to decay differently Uh, i've seen this explained through different works of fiction as well um I think you have to come into something like this with a level of uh, disregard to science because it's a fictional creature. Well, actually, on that note, I think that this movie takes into account science a little more than the others did. And I say that because, and I didn't mention this earlier, but one of my favorite little touches 
to this movie is the fact that you see all these zombies in varying states of decay. Like some of them have been zombies longer than others. And you can tell that they're still technically dead bodies. They're still decaying. They're still decomposing. And I really liked that touch in this movie. Something that we talked about with, with cool zombie effects when we were talking about zombie and how the practical effects were so good. It was nice to see Romero have a budget so that he could play with zombies. Like this, this isn't just five to 10 guys who are painted blue and green. This is, I think worth appreciating on that level as well. This is some of Savini's best work. In my opinion, Uh, I think this is actually my favorite looking set of zombies in any of Romero's films. I would agree with that. Yeah. Also, the scene where I mean, Savini gets himself over like he does in every movie. Yeah, these are involved with. Like I this, said, the Savini cameo is great, dude. Running around with a fucking machete. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. Well, that's the great. That's the best part of the movie, hands down. That's number one with a bullet. The, the best part of this fucking thing. Because that, that was hilarious and awesome. Plus, he was like a biker. What more could you ask for with a Savini cameo than that? He was the same character like, uh, he character was in Dawn of the Dead. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that the zombies look awesome in this movie. I agree with that. And I think this is the ultimate of what Romero wanted the zombies to look like in the other movies. So I, I would uh, give the nod to the special effects on that. So moving along here, you know how we feel about it. Why don't we take a second to take a look at how other people rate this movie? I was surprised to see Uh-oh. that it has a 74% fresh rating on the tomato meter on Rotten Tomatoes with a 51% audience score user rating of 137,485 people. So that was something that kind of uh, caught my my eye here. Uh, for comparison, Night of the Living Dead only sits at 66% on the uh, fresh meter. Day of the Dead, who, uh, the film that I often compare Land of the Dead to, has an 81%. Dawn of the Dead has a 94%. Dawn of the Dead remake has a 75%. So you can kind of see where critics all kind of sit with this, with kind of just being right in the middle. It falls a little, fall, kind of falls into Mondo's point there. Uh, but, you know, just for, just for fun argument's sake, why don't we go ahead and take a look at at something here. See, Mr. Owen Gleiberman says that the movie is listless and uninspired. Yeah, so is your bland-looking face, you old piece of shit. Funny, oh, that was... that's what his wife said about him. How did exactly. you find my review on Rotten Tomatoes of this movie? That's strange. And another one says, Romero's fourth grade dialogue doesn't help matters, but anyone seeking out the latest achievements in cranial ruptures, spewing blood gouts, and ground beef spillage need look no further. That is Michael Atkinson. Well, Michael Atkinson, I'm sorry that this movie doesn't come at you with the dialogue. What, what else is Michael at? What, what else has he reviewed? Can, can you click on like his reviewer profile on there? I want to see. It's probably all fucking Oscar movies. 
for that kind of analysis. I will say here, 75% on I Shot Andy Warhol, 80% for Mystery Science Theater 3000, the movie, 91% train spotting, 87% chasing Amy. Okay, hold the fuck on, Michael. Michael, hold the fuck on. Okay, so you're going to tell me, and trust me, chasing Amy is by far my favorite Kevin Smith movie. It is heads and shoulders above all the rest of the fucking View Askew movies. You're going to stand there with a fucking movie critic persona on a website about critique. And you're going to fucking say that Chasing Amy is a better movie as far as dialogue than anything Romero writes? Come the fuck on. He is. Kevin Smith is the definition of, of grade school humor. You fucking uninspired twat. Shave that. Thing you call a beard too by the way publications boston phoenix chicago reader city pages minneapolis st paul film comment magazine la weekly mr showbiz village voice globe and mail sight and sound movie line in these times and the progressive and spin i didn't know that you could suck so much dick to get publicized in magazines but michael has shown us the way because that's the only way that you have been published, sir, because you are stupid and you're an R-word. You're an R-word. The zombies that have been walking the dead, walking the dead, the zombies that have been walking the world in the dead universe have more intelligence than you do, sir. Michael Atkinson, you are a fuck. Pray tell, what is the R-word? don't say it Ridia. i gathered that much Roron. I've, been, I've been banned from facebook way too many times i just don't throw slurs around anymore <laughs> but it's not all negative of course there are positive reviews here and i'm not gonna highlight all of them those won't be fun but they're there if you want to go take a look at them i'm giving this movie a glowing review as i always do and michael i would like to fight you <laughs> <laughs> oh boy that was posted june 28th 2005 i'm willing to bet he's in a gutter right now uh sucking dudes off for uh crack cocaine it's clearly he was on drugs when he wrote this yeah I, I would say that's accurate that's probably where he's at he probably didn't move on from this forgettable movie he's probably you know his whole life went downhill after that review <laughs> obviously well there certainly weren't any new movies on his list so i like to think that this was the the, the catalyst for his his destruction what if he's, we a, he's set up a top fight critic on this site i want to fight him right now i'm challenging him michael you have your people call me michael atkinson it's your wife whose who's handbag your balls are clearly inside of right now because you're some fucking loser hipster critiquing movies on the internet thinking that you're something special. <laughs> I don't even fucking yeah, have not, a podcast. It's, yeah, fucking it's not like loser. Nah, this guy's a this guy's a fucking clown. You would die two minutes into any Romero movie, you piece of shit. He's a sad crying clown. He yeah, hides exactly the bite. There, yeah. He's that guy. 
No. So that was my fun segment where I rip on some dumbass asshole that doesn't know what he's talking about from Rotten Tomatoes. Hey, Mondo how about that? Grape. Rotten Tomatoes, sour grapes. <laughs> All right. I've got nothing left to say about Land of the Dead. Okay, I do have one more thing to say about Land of the Dead. Oh. I just wanted to mention that part of my problem with this movie is that they they use the zombies as like the, the proletariat rising up and they almost they try to make you sympathize with the zombies and no, I find it hard to no. have sympathy for a zombie. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Use the P Why? Now. They didn't ask to be zombies. No, they don't use the zombie as the proletariat. They're movie monsters. They use the if anything, if you were gonna do a, a dialectical analysis, they would use the zombie as the lumpen proletariat. Oh see I forgot the lumpen part. That's where I was mistaken. You know what though? My if, notes and it must have fell out. You you really cannot say that because about zombies merely being movie monsters, because especially in this film universe, because in Romero's other movies, they're not merely movie monsters. You fuck. <laughs> no, <laughs> Romero is okay. always he's uh, always had a an analysis behind his movies that's slight, such as uh, Night, Night was racial Romero's justice. Yeah, Mondo seems to think that Romero's other movies were fucking Shakespearean. I mean, so. think think back to Night of the Living Dead. Whenever the little girl becomes a zombie, I mean, you think that was merely a monster? I mean, you don't have a soul, my friend. If you watched that scene and you couldn't feel for the fact that here was this mother who desperately loved her daughter and didn't know what to do because now she was the living dead and just let her stab her to death with a fucking gardening trowel or whatever it was. So you agree that Maggie was a good movie? No, actually that whole thing about the sympathizing with the zombies I got from a Rotten Tomatoes review and I wrote it down. (laughs) I wanted to see how you guys would react to that. You could say what Night of the Living Dead was that was an analysis of uh, the racial situation in America and Dawn of the Dead would be a analysis on capitalism, like hell in a mall. And what, would, what the hell would Day of the Dead be? I don't, I don't know. I haven't. I'd have to write it down. Uh, uh, I always consider living under corrupt government, maybe. Yeah, that's kind of where that falls into, and then this bleeds that bleeds into this film. And this movie is uh, a furthering of a class analysis of some sort. It's a. Uh, Favorite scenes? It's not as in depth as it could be. Do we have any favorite scenes? You know, there was this one moment that stood out to me, and it was whenever you see this one zombie. If you say him folding up in that umbrella. No, no. There is this one zombie is peeling the skin off of somebody's face like it's a oh, damn orange killer. peel. And that yeah, was, that was one awesome. of the coolest uh gore effects that i have seen yeah that that's one of the ones that i put into my gore my gore analysis um i'm not going to focus so much on gore because that's the next segment but 
as far as scenes go, I really like when Zombie Cholo is coming towards Kaufman and they're like teasing it, but you know, he takes all those shots and falls down and looks kind of very human esque and then he gets up. But at that same time, you have Big Daddy trying to get into the limo and he takes the 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 gas and he's like pouring the gas on the car and just kind of disappears and you kind of forget about him while zombie cholo comes to try to get his revenge on kaufman and then here comes that that flaming canister rolling down and explodes the car i i think the cholo scene actually is like uh he's not a full zombie yet since he still has motivations that are very on point that's a good point. So that that, uh, that also that, that reiterates the uh, the uh, theme of the movie, I think. Hmm. Or you I could like argue that he the hooker in the cage. Yeah, that's one of my favorites too, because that takes me back to like every B movie from the '90s or any sci-fi movie that has like a little Fight Club area or. Just like the, the zombie cage fight. I think that's fucking awesome. That's a great concept. That my, favorite. my favorite scene of the movie, though, is when the zombies with that fucking outdoor umbrella and gets folded up in it and falls down like an idiot. Not really a scene to mention, but was, that, that, that got me a little. In the scene that I brought up, was that the first pair of tits ever in a Romero zombie movie? No. No, dude. Dawn of the Dead has tits. Uh, Night of the Living Dead has a naked has a naked zombie with her tits out. Oh yeah, that's right. The full. The, yeah, never mind. Yeah, he's. No, was that was that was that the first uh, human tits? Like a uh, non zombie. Are you saying tits? zombies aren't human? Oh, you fucking. She animal. has. She oh. has. In Dawn of the Dead, she's sitting in the bed with her tits out after they after they fuck. Presumably. Oh, yep. Yep. There it is. Man, it's always as, as if those movies were so good that I didn't remember the tits. Like this, this one, I had to latch onto something. I think that Chihuahua is actually the same character from Bordello. of what wasn't on Seinfeld, but... But looks awfully a lot like the guy that was. <laughs> he's not Mickey, but he's close to it. He might, You might say that he is, he is Mickey's stunt double. What if the midget I saw in person was, wasn't him? What if, it was, what if it was the Seinfeld midget? Then you probably I saw a more famous little person. <sighs> Little pr- oh sorry, uh, yeah, not to we didn't we didn't want to offend all of the we didn't we're here at Zombie Apocalypse we're fully inclusive we don't want to offend any ankle biters. His name is Phil Fondacaro, okay, and he was in Willow. He was in Return of the Jedi. He was in the Garbage Pail Kids. I remember he was in the Garbage Pail Kids. Actually, now that you just mentioned it, it's like yep, he was there. That so that which, movie's that's a movie. <laughs> which, which midget was in Troll? Which little person was in Troll? 
aren't they all trolls? Oh, he was in Phantasm Two. Oh, in... that's a that's a good uh, filmography there. He was in Invaders from Mars. He oh, he was in Troll. He was Malcolm Mallory slash Torek the Troll. Okay, okay, just to clear that up, yes, that's my favorite role of his. This guy kind of picked the yeah. genre and some went something for that it. we something that we overlooked here before we started talking about midgets. Okay, I want to bring up a couple of <laughs> things in this movie. First of all, you have the cameos from Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg that are notable after the release of Shaun of the Dead. I thought that was a um, cool thing for Romero to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you have the Savini cameo, which we talked about. Uh, but also, let's talk about the that what I feel is important is the inclusion of Asia Argento with her father being the one who worked with Romero on Dawn of the Dead. And yeah. there's obviously the famous Argento cut of the film. Um, I thought that, that that is cool. Also, Asia Argento, at least when this movie came out, was, was pretty fucking sexy. So, oh, yeah. And now she's like a like a pushing 50 old Italian, like every other old Italian, just like fucking sipping up uh, spaghetti noodles and smoking all the time. So she's not really that like it hasn't maintained. But at the time, like I, I had a little I had a little fucking something, something going on for H.R. Argento. Do you uh, see her dad's iteration of Phantom of the Opera? I have never seen the Argento Phantom of the Opera because Dude. it's expensive as fuck to buy. That so movie with is all bonkers. Labels. That movie is something absolutely I want to crazy. talk. Something I want to talk about. Well, well, we could always look into that, but Mister Mondo, it's no secret that you have always been a Roger Ebert cuck. <laughs> Correct. He, he's busy about, feeding his face. I don't know about. I don't know why why you gotta say cuck. Because you're a he, cuck for Roger Ebert. That's I was a fan much... of, the, of the man's the way he was able to blend film criticism with his personal opinion and the way he wrote. I enjoyed. Mortis well, loves the word cuck. Well, blend this, motherfucker. I know what we he, don't want to use cuck. What, I know what Roger Ebert rated this movie. What did Roger Ebert rate this movie? Three out of four, right? Isn't that it? It is a three star appraisal and. Um, Praised its portrayal of class divide even in a zombie apocalypse. So, said podcalypse. So, explain that, Mr. Roger Ebert Cuckboy. <laughs> Why don't you ask him about his opinion? <laughs> I, would, when did, I would, but I don't have Big Daddy to translate. Speaking, speaking for the estate of Roger Ebert. No, also, I mean, he liked it. I didn't like it as much as he did. Zess Lamp brought up that the movie was banned in Ukraine, but he didn't get into the fact that it was due to oh. its violence and portrayal of cannibalism. Hmm. Somebody did. Somebody said this movie Professor was banned. Plump brought that up. Oh, that was Plump. My bad. What did I bring up? The movie was banned in, in Ukraine. Oh, yeah, uh, I did bring a, that up. It was apparently banned because of the violence and specifically the portrayal of cannibalism. So I'm curious if any zombie movie has ever been released in the Ukraine. 
Has any cannibal movie ever been released in the Ukraine? So, those are just some fun facts there that I had noted and wanted to to bring up before we then we move on. Uh, my gore rating is not as I'm not as impressed as I as I was with our last two fairs. If I'm being honest, uh, I think the gore is very good. It's it's an, it's an excellent gore movie. Uh, it's fun. You have some good stuff. I especially like seeing the esophagus being ripped out of the gentleman. Um, what have... about that scene where he's ripping the the navel ring out of that person? Yeah. I didn't know about that because I was like, why would a zombie just bite a ring and pull it off? Because it's shiny. They lost points for me because as far as I know, a zombie isn't attracted to shiny things. A zombie is attracted to the You know, living. your face loses points for me. <laughs> so I, don't, I, hate I was to hoping there was a scene where a zombie this. ripped out a tampon, but there wasn't. So that loses points for me. It is like an appetizer, you know, with like the blood. Uh, okay, that just got a little weird. It's like an appetizer. The head, the head crush is good. The the uh, big daddy crushes that zombie's head with his foot. How, how about when Riley kicks that zombie in the head a couple of times and it eventually like smashes through his face? I like that That's one. Also cool. Um, what, you, what about the scene where the guy shoots the zombie on fire? Uh, Big Daddy shoots another zombie that's on fire. Yeah, putting the zombie out of its misery. Yes, but I Suffering. thought they couldn't feel pain. Maybe they can. Yeah, that's a hint. It's a it's a weird hint. So, again, like I said, I think Big Daddy is super underrated. Big Daddy is the the perhaps communist hero of the movie. Is that slam? I figured out an, an analysis. Oh, man, this is a good analysis. I'm going to have to write this one up. So the zombies, uh, the proletariat in the movie is, you know, the human beings, the lower class human beings that are in the slums. But the zombies rep- represent uh, the intersectionality of oppressions between uh oppressed nationalities such as black people. That's why Big Daddy's a big black dude. It's kind of in your face when you think about it. So the zombies are the furtherly oppressed members of the proletariat. And at the end, as you can see, he doesn't kill them because they see eye to eye. And that's the only way forward. As an amateur Letariat, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> I just, I just, I threw, I threw some fucking dialectics and shit in there. It's a this this podcast is not the platform. Uh, a podcast like Horror Vanguard would go over that much better. Oh, so let's just promote another well, don't, podcast. Don't put a, don't put other people's shit on our shit. What the fuck was that? Roger Mortis doesn't endorse that. What we'll to bleep that out? Are you? That's Speaking of up. dialectic, is that a, that's a dialectic, right? Isn't caffeine a dialectic? As I said, I think what I think you're confusing that with a dianetic. Yeah, that's a joke. All right, <laughs> <laughs> nobody got it. It's over everybody's heads. People that's listening at home. <laughs> I wanted to move on real quick. Um, so we've already talked about how we would rate this movie. There is no Mondo minute. 
uh, we talked about uh, whether. Look or not how you was... throw that out there, right there. There's no Mondo <laughs> Minute. <laughs> and frankly, I would, I'd rather have a moment of silence than a Mondo Minute if he's gonna just shit on one of my favorite zombie movies. So we have here the next part of our of our call sheet. Essentially, is you know talk about the filmmaker's goals. I think we already accomplished that. We did that. You set out to set a sequel to day the dead extend extend the brand focus on what the world would look like and you know the social commentary at the time this movie was actually delayed because of 9-11 so he was very much you know anti-bush and anti-government of the republicans and etc etc we're not gonna have to get into that but one thing that i do want to start doing um on the podcast, uh, towards the end of the show, every week, we're going to add a home video section because that's something that we care about because we are collectors. We are always, if possible, going to have the physical media in our hands. So uh, I know that Pre Professor Plump and myself both have the collector's edition released by Scream Factory. I was curious how the other two watched this film. I have the unrated director's cut DVD that I got for $2 at the Dollar General. I had that once upon a time. Yep. I remember having that one. That was my first copy of it. It actually used to have a slip. Does yours still have a slip? No. It's, it's just like bare bones garbage as you can get. So I can't speak on... They, there were special features on there. I, I watched this late last night, so I didn't, I didn't get to them. Well, the special features that are featured on that, I assume, are the same that's on the Blu-ray, and that's just disc gather. two. That's just disc two imported on uh, the Scream Factory edition. Uh, disc one, however, has the theatrical version, and it's a new 2K scan. There are multiple interview special features with like Wazamo, uh, Robert Joy. Uh, Pedro Miguel Arce, who played Pillsbury. Um, not a lot of super interesting special features, if I if I had to say, but they're also building on the imported stuff. So the the version that you have obviously will have the special effects stuff, and I guess there is an audio commentary with Romero there. Um, there's, there's two a, audio commentaries. I completely overlooked those for some reason. Um, there's the Undead Again, the making of feature, uh, Greg Nicotero, special effects stuff. So uh, between the two discs that are in the collector's edition released by Scream Factory, you have a lot of stuff that you could look at. Obviously, reversible cover. I have mine reversed to the original art. So um, do I. The DVD... The unrated DVD is, uh, I have had that, I know from experience, that that's a good release. It's the same thing, it's just everything is imported over into the Blu-ray. So, uh, I think it's totally worth getting right now before it's OOP, because if you do want this, then it's eventually, like every other fucking title from Scream Factory that goes OOP, you're going to pay more than what the movie's worth. So, that is... That is my take on the home video segment. And I think we're going to go ahead and wrap things up then. Any final thoughts? I wanted to like this more than I did, but I don't think it's bad. Uh, ultimately, I started getting a little heated there for a second early on, but I wasn't, I don't hate this movie. I want to leave it 
I want to leave the podcast with everybody knowing that I don't think this is bad. Uh, that's that's an acceptable start to an apology that we'll have to talk about later. We will get to Diary of the Dead and Survival of the Dead someday. I've not watched those. I have I have Diary upstairs in the collection ready to go. I have not watched them. I've always assumed that they were shitty based on reviews and based on how they looked, okay? We can talk about how he d- it dipped into senility with those two films, but um, we're not going to... We're not yeah. going to tarnish Land of the Dead with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, the idea of a found footage zombie movie done by Romero. And the idea uh, will carry us when we get to that episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Possess Lamp, any final if you, thoughts? If you want to tell you if... What, final thoughts? Eh. I don't final know about final here. thoughts here. Like, uh... Wasn't bad on my my. I don't know the last time I watched it. I I didn't think it was that bad. Thought it was serviceable. It was lacking some style that I wanted, but it was fine. All right, and Professor Plum. Eight out of ten. Check it out. That's my high score for somebody who said it was serviceable. What the fuck? It must plateau. It must start to plateau up, up at the top of that list. It just gets. Again, increasingly harder to move forward. Well, yeah. I don't want to get I knowing all the trash I've seen that rate much lower, it's much better than that. So you gotta think that. I think it's a seven. I think a seven out of ten is a fair thing for you to say. I would I would go a little higher, but I I can I don't remember what I gave Maggie. This is the real problem. I give it an 8 out of 10 with a great big heart. 8 out of 10 sounds good to me. I think 8 out of out of 10 works just fine. Um, with our final thoughts, I'm going to just go ahead and say that I, I love this movie. I've, I've, I've mentioned it m- multiple times on this podcast. It's probably become a, a something of a bore. I'm a broken record. Uh, it is what it is. But... When people look at the legacy, the lasting legacy from George Romero, they, they give you the big three, and they this is when they start to forget Land of the Dead. Land of the Dead is something that everybody should take time out of their day to watch. If you call yourself a horror fan, you owe it to yourself to watch this movie. You might not love it as much as I do. You might fall closer to Mondo, and that doesn't make you a maniac, okay? But what it does is it offers this film and the efforts put in by George Romero the respect that it deserves. So watch this movie and and appreciate it from that perspective, if nothing else. This was made at, at, at a time when America was in crisis, and maybe not as, as much now, and we look back on the 9-11s pretty fondly for not being that bad. But just live in this era of time with these zombies and with Big Daddy. That being said, to all of our listeners, whether there's one of you or 50,000 of you, check our social media platforms. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We are on Patreon. Give us a like, subscribe, and I usually like you to fondle my balls while you're sucking my dick. So there you go. That was Zombie Apocalypse.